I sneeze between sessions and my sniffles got worse. Oh, so, no. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, why'd no. you do that? Now there's snuffles. <laughs> <laughs> I had no control. Welcome to Brose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros from Belmar, New Jersey. It's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everybody. From Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, so much of my mind that he can't recline, blasting holes in the night till she bleeds sunshine, it's Mr. Tim Hansen. Brat, brat, sunshine, motherfucker. Great. <laughs> How are I don't you know. guys? That's all I had. Do you have any inkling as to who these lyrics are by? Absolutely none. Okay. All right. That's fine. This, this one's a little trickier. This one's not as uh, as recent, but uh, but still one of the greatest rappers of the last 30 years. Uh, and I'll give you a hint after the next. I'll give you one hint in the next. If you still don't know it after the next one, I will give you a hint. And then you guys might know at that point. Sean, do you know? No. Okay. That's fine. No. You guys, but I, I I suspect that when I give you guys the hint that you might know, it's a Dylon. Just because I know you guys, is no, it Dylon? Because Dylon's like the top five rappers of all time. That's true. But Dylon is Dylon, 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 and then Joe gonna... Button. <laughs> Joe Button. <laughs> I'm gonna make a react video to me listening to the, these songs for the first time. That's like, the most blatant pander that, that Sean's ever made. It's just to be like, yeah, Joe Budden's one of the 20 greatest rappers. <laughs> the man, nobody loves anybody more than Dave Bennett loves Joe Budden. It's good. Uh, a, lot, a lot of Slaughterhouse played in our place in Newark back in the day, uh, which was not bad. It was not a bad thing. Um, although, so... Truly, I do. I the I only knew one Joe Budden song, and it was like his most famous song. And I put it on. He was like, "Dude, turn that off. <laughs> Please stop." <laughs> like, it's like anything but that one. Uh, anyway, good Joe Budden talk, guys. Rich, your thoughts? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Tim, your thoughts? It's like it, it's it's almost like whenever I bring up Hoobas Tank, and people are like, "Oh, I love the reason." It's like, get the fuck out. It's the worst yeah. song. <laughs> Absolute worst. Garbage. Yeah, Get every, everybody knows that the best Joe Budden song is The Helmet. Uh, Obviously. Yeah, because, you know, you're going to get this work. Too told to get here. Welcome. Too told. Too told. Is that who Joe Budden is? Is that who Joe Budden is? Yeah. That's a Joe Budden skit. Yeah. Yeah. The Helmet is a Joe Budden bit. Baby, would you let me? Baby, would you let me? My boss may listen to this. Welcome to the award-winning Rosé <laughs> podcast. Available on all major podcasting platforms. The premise of our show is very simple. We are four bros, and we answer questions that each of us bring to the table each episode. And it could be about anything. It could be about current events. It could be about pop culture. It could be about would-you-rathers, deep philosophical questions, deep emotional questions, life, the universe, or anything. But whatever question we ask and answer, we do so with a touch of wine and 
Oops. Yeah, a touch a yeah, touch of wine and a glass of mirth. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> oh, I like that. This so, mirth is amazing. Mmm, yeah, it's a, that high grade mirth. It's like ninety six proof mirth. So, if you have a question that you want us to answer on the air out there in listener land, because we do take audience questions still, uh, but we we need to email them to us. You got to send it to us at brosequestions at gmail dot com. So, brosequestions at gmail dot com is where you want to send them. But first. We've got to discuss what we're drinking besides just a gigantic handle of mirth. Uh, Sean, Rich, you are disqualified from this portion of the show because you're not drinking. You're, you're, no, you're yeah. batting uh, various various illnesses, uh, various sniffles, and you, you've decided to do the responsible adult thing and not tax your, your body and your nervous system uh, anymore. Uh, and Sean, you are also uh, sniffly as well. Yeah, not feeling great. Drinking some green tea. Getting the, the green tea antioxidants or whatever. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I don't, I don't like tea, but I drink green tea on a semi-regular basis, strictly because I'm like, if I'm gonna do this, what's like the best one? <laughs> what's the one that's like, what's gonna give me the most bang for my buck? Like, because I'm drinking like, because I've had some really bad teas in the past. Like, mm-hmm. I had um, there's like an Indian tea called Awesome Tea. And it's just disgusting. I think I think it's Indian. It might be it might be Middle Eastern. I might be making that up. But it wasn't it, awesome. It, it was not awesome. It was brutal. <laughs> uh, but I I drank it and I'm like, oh god, it sucks. And it's like, and I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's it's tea. It's not. I don't think it's bad for you. But it's like my understanding is that pound for pound tea, uh, green tea, is like the tea to go with if you're looking for like a a health benefit. But what do I know? I'm just somebody who doesn't drink a lot of tea. That's what I had heard. Yeah. Tim, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a whole gallon of mirth. Mm. Um, I am mirth, drinking mirth, mirthy, mirth. a delicious red blend from 2020 called Joyful Heart. A wonderful Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the anticipation made it that much better. Uh, like I said <laughs> in the first 15 episode. months. <laughs> the anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's got a little tagline on it that says a joyful heart is a giving heart. Yes, I read that correctly. Um, mm-hmm. So many words on the back that I'm not ready to read yet. Oops. But um, like I said in the first episode, I'm usually not a fan of red blends uh, because they tend to have like a really cab, sav, heavy type flavor and gross. But uh, this is yes. very good. Uh, I quite like it. And... I might finish this before the end of this episode, so we'll see. Hell yeah. It's quite good. I, I didn't realize I'd been going through this as fast as I had been. But also moment, I have man. a tiny I have a tiny glass, so I keep refilling it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, but I want but I want more, but I got the tiny glass, so I wouldn't drink so much, but then it's like, eh. Ah. It's so small, it doesn't even count. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a full <laughs> glass. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a vitamin. I mean it's a very full <laughs> glass, but it's not a full glass. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 cool. It's fine. They're, they're small. I am drinking Indaba, which is the wine I got for the bros this year. Uh, I'm drinking their red blend because I, unlike Tim Hansen, I'm a big sucker for the red blend. I'm a big fan of the red blend. Don't sleep on the red blend. I uh, is perfectly fine with me. This is a South African wine, uh, red wine origin of origin in Western Cape product of South Africa. It's 13 and a half alcohol bro volume, which is a little bit on the healthier side. Uh, I think 13 and a half is about as much as I've seen for like your traditional wine. 
just like a standard standard ass wine, not cocktail. That's fourteen. Like that. Oh, is, is that one fourteen? The jo- Joyful <laughs> Heart is fourteen. I probably should have read that earlier. You know, let me let me say this. So the reason I picked these wines is because I was just looking up like wines that also like give a little bit of money to charity, uh, and apparently these these wines do. Do they conspiracy theory time? Is the healthier alcohol bro volume to encourage you to continue to give more? And he's like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's more charity. It's, I feel great about this. <laughs> Fucking great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. why why not? Yeah. Like what loosens up in my any wallet. business venture or fundraising venture, mm-hmm. obviously your primary thing is how do I get more funds? How no, do no better way. How do? Get them drunk, do? get them to like it, and pay me money. It, it works. About t- t- 11, 12 years ago, right out of college, for, I, got a, I got a couple of beers in me, and one night went online, applied for an Amazon gift card, and bought myself a Retron 3. And now I'm getting liquored up, and I am, uh, and I'm, I don't know, going to donate more money to whatever this goes towards. A uh, portion of all sales. Uh, supports organizations that are working to empower the region of Cape Winelands and its people, building a brighter future. All right, a little loosey goosey on the the charity definition. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. empowering the the area, but um, but I mean uh, that's just me paying your business. So, anyway, <laughs> on, on, on anyway. the topic of the Retron Three and how terrible it is, I love that you oh, have your PS2 awful. sitting on top of your Xbox. It's right there, <laughs> there it is. Microsoft would be the- crying. Playing play the hell out of some uh, Tekken 3, playing the hell out of some Street Fighter Alpha Anthology this week. Uh, it's been it's been a treat. Tim Hansen uh, got me a an old PS2, uh, hooked me up, got me a PS2, one that works with HDMI, plugged it right in, went on eBay, found myself two games that I've always wanted to, to play for like 25 bucks total and uh, worth every penny. Well, like i said back in october when you're like i don't have a ps2 if you were a good boy you'd get one for christmas because i already had more than one questions about your process because i can't say that i was a good boy but uh, you know hey whatever whatever whatever. good boy in my mind you're always a good judge the judge throws down the gavel who's a good boy yeah i let you scratch my neck and then i get a ps2 Uh, i have to get on the step stool but like (laughs) All right, who's got a question? Brose question to gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air. Uh, who wants to go? Anyone? Anyone got one they want to start us off with? Tim Hansen jumping in there before he forgets what it is. What is the question? Well, I, I wrote them all down. The, the question that I thought that I forgot in, uh, when I said I finally came up with three was the Kick of Destiny joke uh, question. That was the one that it's like, oh, man, I can't remember. Then I remembered. It's like, oh, this is a bit. <laughs> That's the point. I've seen so many ads that this is the bit I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, by the time the listeners are listening to this, this is kind of a probably like two two ish weeks in the past. But for us, this happened this week uh, as we're mm-hmm. recording. So this week, Congress had a uh, a panel with a bunch of uh, tech CEOs about the their impact on our children's lives yada 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 circus dog mm-hmm. and pony show pretty much the same thing they've done multiple times over the last couple of years and done jack shit with it but it's just like but it's an election cycle right 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 um so the the the, the big thing behind this and kind of why I'm bringing it up is uh, so there was some very aggressive 
takes and conversations on this uh, to the point of Lindsey Graham literally telling them all, you may not have meant to, but you got blood on your hands. It's like, okay, you also don't do shit about guns. So <laughs> suck it. Like you, you are, you give zero fucks. Um, it was a great Lindsey Graham. It also reminded me that I have a coworker who sounds exactly like Lindsey Graham. And I <laughs> brought it up to him. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So, so it's it's definitely a bunch of grandstanding and it's and like fake crying because it's like I'm so choked up. It's like no, you're not. Um, and some of these conversations revolve around what 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 could currently it's what is it like uh, whatever that lo- there's two thirty at, at statute two thirty or something that essentially is like they can't be held liable for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're like, we have to repeal this. We have to repeal this. Nothing's, no, nobody's done anything about this. We have to repeal this. And my, my, I guess my question is twofold. Is one, do you think that's a move that is legitimately with concern of the people and not just, hey, now we can go after you for a bunch of stupid shit because that's what we're, Congress actually does instead of actual change. Um, or... I guess that's one part of the question. The other part of the question is kind of what is what is your take on or or perspective on whether these social media groups should be held accountable for bullying. Um, and it's like, well, the yeah, I'll just leave it as as vague as that. I see. And I have a question. I have a question related to this thing as well that I'll ask as a caveat at the end of all of this discussion. Uh, But I have been thinking about this. And one thing that I've been thinking is um, when you were in elementary school and you got bullied, was it the school's fault that you got bullied? Or was it the kids who were bullying you? It's the school's now, fault if they don't do anything about it. It's the school's fault if they don't do anything about it. Absolutely agreed. But the kids are bullying you. The kids should probably be taught not to bully, and they should probably not be shit kids. However, I will say I 100% agree with the idea of like body dysmorphia issues and things like that in, in, in young kids and teens and everything due to what, uh, what is represented on Instagram and all of that. I absolutely agree with that. And I agree that if a website sees harmful content being sent to someone, they are responsible to take that down. Um, my problem is they're trying to turn around and say that people are sending harmful messages across messenger. And that's, that website's responsibility to shut that down. And I disagree with that because that's personal messaging to each other. And that's, yes, it's unfortunate that these kids are being bullied in this way, but that to me is the same way as bullying a kid while you're walking home from school. Like the the school is kind of out of reach on that. If, if a corporation like Facebook were to say, Oh, you're using messenger and you're, you're bullying this person, then that means, which we already know, that they're reading the messages. But then they have to admit that they're reading these messages. And they have to do something and and invade our privacy further, specifically privacy of children. So, is are they responsible for the front-end time feeds, uh, timelines 
for you page feeds? Absolutely. Are they responsible for the messengers? I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I. Yeah. So. I'm sort of piecing together my my overall take on this because I sort of I've got like two or three, and I think the logic I understand the logic of saying, well, look here, we can try and stamp out a billion different individual people who are committing terrible acts. Uh, you know, you're talking about. I'm speaking from the perspective of like somebody who's an authority. We could try to take on each of these individual people or, hey, look, here's one organization that even though they are not perpetrating this, they, either they're not saying it, they, that they, because they are the one centralized figure in this whole equation, it's just easier for us to go after them because in their mind, in that, from that perspective, it's like, well, yeah, like we're you're never going to stamp out all evil. You're never going to stamp out all malice or intent to bully. So you take on the one centralized figure who has power. That's the other part of it is that somebody who has power to change the thing. Like if you if you give consequences and, and punish somebody who's harassing somebody else online, you've gotten rid of that one person and maybe an example is learned. Maybe it's not. I, I, I see the logic of going after the large centralized head of the, the site for doing a better job of policing because that has the most impact. Like you, you could punish, you could spend the time trying to seek out and take down a hundred people who are bullying other people online, or you could just haul Mark Zuckerberg's ass in front of Congress and say, why aren't you doing more to stop this? Because eventually it becomes a problem. It's like, okay, it's clearly a pattern at that point. I am very hesitant to allow the federal government any more ability to regulate and buddy up with these social media. I'll, t- I'll tell you who wants, in all of these scenarios, who wants more regulation in this space is Facebook and Twitter and Insta- Instagram's Facebook. But like all these sites, because all of that, compliance is easy for Facebook to make a passing attempt at complying with. Like if you put down a regulation that says, okay, you've got to prove that you are, you got to prove that you're, you're making all your employees take this like anti-harassment training. And you got to prove that you're putting in these measures in place to like limit people's ability to harass others online and that you're making, you know, you're banning more people online. Facebook has the capacity to do that. An up and coming social media platform does not. Uh, they do not have that. They do not have the capacity to do that at the beginning. It is always easier for these big companies to comply with broad sweeping federal regulation or federal intervention of an industry than it is for these small up and comers. So, so then it becomes a way of them keeping their market shares and preventing correct. competition. Correct. It's crony capitalism. And I, it, it, that is always my fear when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's why Bezos always comes in and says, yeah, we welcome, you know, federal, right? We always partner with our federal partners because it means that he's getting rid of the little guys who don't have the ability to comply with it. So that's a more broad take for a very specific question, which is like, is this just the way for the federal government to take on more power over social media? And of course it is. 
<laughs> of course, it's, it's, it's very blatant. Uh, there's no way Lindsey Graham is upset because they don't let you know Matt Drudge appear more often on Twitter or something like that. That's what Lindsey Graham is concerned about, but it's manifesting in a very noble way. So yeah, it's a, a very long way of making a point that I think is essentially me throwing up my hands and going, I don't know, we've sort of let Pandora out of, you know, Pandora out of her box or whatever it is. But I don't think the federal government is the answer to this. That is all I can say definitively. And that does not mean that I have an answer to this question because I don't, because <laughs> that's not my job. <laughs> uh, but I, I do not think that letting the feds regulate this industry even more is the solution to the problem. Yeah, I I don't think the the idea with them repealing whatever that act or law or regul whatever the fuck it was, uh, I don't think the idea behind repealing Section that was for them to regulate. But one, it would open the door for them to do something along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, and two, a- it, it's the idea that the 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 families could sue these companies, whereas currently they really can't. There is a mountain of unintended consequences. I think that could happen if you repeal Section 230. Agreed. That that is sort of my overarching take on it. So, what about you, Sean? What do you think, Sean? Um, I I don't know. This is it's it's this is a sticky wicket, you know? Yeah. Because it's because on the one hand, we need to do something because it is such a toxic place for kids to be like it's it's bad and like it, it's just it is yeah it's because facebook is mm-hmm. so big at this point that even if if congress were to like like you said they could put a bunch of things that you need to comply with they just have to make an attempt at it and then mm-hmm. they'll just get fined, and you build you build that into your budget. You're like, we're going to pay this much in fines, mm-hmm. but keep yeah. everything the way it is because this is what keeps engagement. Like it's we want to sell people... more ads. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, you're just. It, it seems the it seems the problem is that we let it get too far. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of stuff, if we had, <clears throat> but how would we have known at the beginning of the internet that it was going to be this terrible place? You know, yeah. I think, think about Facebook's and, been around for like what, 20 years? Something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Um, like 20 years. Give or take, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, early in the span 2000s. of roughly two decades, it has grown from quirky little site to share photos with your friends to like, oh, it, it's, you make it compelling. It, it, you, you definitely know people who are like, it's ruining society. And that's bananas. It's 20 years. That's not a long time. It'll be Uh, 20 years exactly on Sunday. That's bananas. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way you could have possibly, you could Moore's Law this all you want. There's no way anybody would have been like, oh, yeah, it's, this is the reason for like the Arab Spring. Like, what? No. (laughs) All I wanted to do was send messages. I just wanted to tell everybody that we're going to the bowling palace on Friday. Like, Literally, all- Zuckerberg just wanted to make Tinder. Like, that's all he wanted was Tinder. He wanted to make like, hot or he- not. Yeah, he wanted Tinder. Um, before like, Tinder and Grindr. Yeah, Tinder before Tinder, yeah. But, like, and Grindr. You're, you're right. Like, there, it is, it is, I, like, I say I agree that, like, 
there's an extent that these companies are responsible, especially when it's stuff happening on tight feeds. But also, the amount of manpower and uh, to watch specific small person Joe Schmo Facebook account to see if they're being bullied. Like, there's only so much that they can do without somebody acting on what's happening on their account in general are they are is that person reporting that this is bullying is that person reporting that this is happening is that person blocking these people that are bullying them how far does the bull how far is the bullying strictly online and how much of it is both online and uh face-to-face and in person there is a level of responsibility that facebook and and social medias has on this stuff but there is also a level of responsibility that interpersonal uh, relationships have and that the parents of both the bullies and bullied have to, like, no, I'm not saying it's their I, fault. I, but I, but I, I think regardless of all of that, Facebook has a responsibility as, like, the moral thing to do is to step in and help. Like, I think... Yeah, I, there's, it's way, Facebook itself is the only thing that you can look at and be like, this is the common factor. Because, like, you can't be like, they have, what if the kid doesn't have a strong, like, home life? Or what if, like, they can't go to their parents? And, like, so it's, it's like, that stuff is too complex, I think, to get, to be, because every individual case is so different. But all of it has this one thing in common, and it's, it's social media. So like, I think, I think we, social media companies have a moral imperative to do that. They're, they're not doing it because they're putting money over morals, which is shitty, but it's what's happening. Um, so I'm the, the, I mean, part of why I asked this is I legitimately wanted to have the open conversation and I figured we'd have kind of, uh, <clears throat> slightly differing views or, or different perspectives. Um, I agree with, I agree with Matt. I think the unintended consequences of repealing whatever this thing that currently gives them immunity um, is, is <laughs> to, to use that old adage is, is, is a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Guys. Well, you, know, slippery slope. you know, what's going to happen. There's nothing gonna be marrying goats. It. I, I, it's, it's, gonna happen mm. um so i i agree on that aspect as far as the responsibility of facebook i'm kind of i i don't know because most of most of these things that are coming up or um or some of these examples like sextortion of the kids uh, of kids and teenagers and bullying online it's i i'm very much anytime i hear any of these stories like the first thing that comes into my mind is like okay and what are we doing with the parents like it's it's almost like in a lot of these instances it's just like oh well it's not the parents fault that their kids suck it's the school's fault it's Facebook's fault for not stopping them. It's like, at what point, if, if we're going to sue Facebook, why are we not suing the parents? 
why are we not doing anything with the kids? Because if we're going to give them the responsibility and access to these type of things and then be like, oh, well, you did this super shitty thing that resulted in the death of another human being, but we're going to go after the company. You're fine. What does that do? That does nothing. There's no accountability for the people actually doing the thing, but we're going to hold this company that is an ease of access. So if there's legitimate, if there's like, and, and Richie brought it up earlier when he was talking about like, it's all in mess. A lot of this stuff is in messages. It's like, okay, so we just, I mean, not that I actually believe in privacy as far as the internet is concerned, but most people do. And they're like, no, my, my messages are private. It's like, no, you have to open those up to the company and now we're telling you that we're doing it instead of like, yeah, we just take shit out of your messages as needed or the gov- government does, even though we say we don't. But also the, the CIA is not supposed to operate in the U.S. and they still do. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and the but, FBI killed Martin Luther King. <laughs> no, that was also the CIA. They just made it look like it was the FBI. Come on, man. Get with the program. Wow. Sorry about that. Um, But... <sighs> It's yes, absolutely something needs to happen. But at what point is it just and I don't want to say censorship because censorship is a specific thing tied to your First Amendment rights. Or or that's kind of how I view it. It's like I'm being censored. It's like, no, you're being told to shut the fuck up. There's a there's a little bit of a difference. Or hey, you were using legitimate hate speech. That's no bueno. No one's okay with or no one should be okay with that. Like at what point <laughs> At what point is it just like, all right, we just get rid of social media because we can't. At this point, we can't. And then it's like, okay, do we go back to when it wasn't for kids or making one specifically for kids that has extremely limited everything? So then they just make fake accounts on the, the normal one like they were at the beginning anyway, or like we were in high school when it was supposed to just be for college students. Like I, 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 I don't see a te- I don't see a solution on the tech side. I don't see a good one, but also I'm not part of this, so I I don't know. But it, it just seems like in all of these conversations, the one thing that is regularly left out is it. And Matt, I think you presented this well in saying it's like, well, it, it's hard. There's a lot of different things. So like, what, what's the big thing that we can look at and be like, Mer. It's like, yes, I understand this terrible thing happened to your family. No one should have to go through that. I'm not minimizing that feeling in any way, shape, or form. That is absolutely horrendous and horrible. And my heart goes out to those families. But if your gut reaction is, I'm going to blame Facebook instead of all of these families that were involved in ruining my child's life to the point where they couldn't do that. Or maybe there's a sense of guilt of like, we didn't develop a a support system for our child. Where is that? There's also a sense of othering. Like, there's a way to, I'm marking the psychological part of it, but like, you can be mad at Facebook as the big faceless corporation. It's just always, it's omnipresent to some degree. Mm -hmm. If you're going to reserve that hate, which I'm sure you still have for the people who may have bullied your child or hurt your child. Like, that's a lot of hate to carry for somebody that you presumably could see on a day-to-day basis still. And perhaps it's just easier from a psychological perspective to just be like, I'm mad at this gigantic corporation for facilitating this 
than to be like there is evil in this world and it's represented by these parents of these kids that bullied my child or whatever it is but yeah but then that's a different but then it's like okay so so do we also have to set up something for text messages and phone calls because all of these things could be done exactly that way too yeah is like at at what point is it not their responsibility because I could that's, just go egg someone's house or write whore on someone's like, car. Like mm-hmm. these are things that have happened prior to Facebook. I, I, it's like, just I, easier because we're in a more connected world with the internet. Like I, not, I had sextort- the, the sextortion of teens might be this particular version of sextortion of teens by tricking them into you being a child, getting the pictures make, and then threatening them. I'm going to make an argument that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think is going to bother you. Uh, which is that I could make the same argument for uh, when it comes to gun violence. That, yes, you could kill somebody with a knife versus a gun, but Facebook is a much easier way of bullying somebody than it is to egg somebody's house. It makes it so Correct, but I also I also agree that there needs to be more restrictions with gun violence. Sure. Uh, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I yeah. get it, I get it. But one is this inherently is a weapon. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, because like I... I- one is inherently like, a weapon by design, and one is a communication device by design. That's, that's true. Okay, okay. But I get it. I, I understand it. I but get it. I think, I get the it. thing like, is, it's not. That's not true. Facebook makes money by driving toxic content. Like, I get stuff all the time on my Facebook that makes me mad because I will engage with it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. Facebook makes money by, like. It's but, it's but gathering info, yeah. But gathering but, info but, on you and, and but it's, I, the same, I, it's the same reason I, Amazon is as popular as it is. Like Jeff Bezos sold books for years and years and years, not necessarily because he was like, "Dude, I love books." It was because it gave him a lot of information. Love books. It's just, yeah, dude just just loves Anna Karenina. So you know, it's 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 because. It it gave him information on like what are everybody's interests, and then suddenly it's like, oh well, you guys like tech books. Uh, here's some place to buy your USB cords, and then it just goes from there and there and there. They, like, Facebook is an information peddler; it's an information merchant. When I was younger, I had people who would text me and call me and bully me over the phone. Is that T-Mobile's fault for allowing them to bully me over the phone? But like also, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming uh, from, Sean. On your point of Facebook is marketing uh, negative content, or like, however it was you worded it, like it's because toxic. you're toxic content. It's because you're responding to it. I don't see the shit that you're responding to because my algorithm's different than yours. You're responding to it, so you're seeing it. The toxic algorithm is there on you because you're responding to it. If you didn't respond to it, you wouldn't see it. Oh, I I'm seeing. That. I'm seeing a I don't million videos. To anything on Facebook, and I get that shit too. I'm, so I I'm don't know. Seeing, you I'm might seeing, just be in a different particular that's thing. Just Twitter, I don't too. Twitter is Twitter force. Tw- Twitter is a different it's, animal entirely. Let's just get that yeah, out of the fuck, way. Twitter, Elon Twitter's, Musk, fuck that tw- shit. Twitter's oh. a mess. But like my algorithms are like I see D and D shit. I see like I don't see the political toxic shit. Like I don't engage with that. I used you, to. But do you see nerdy absol- shit that makes you mad? I people feed you it, takes that are like, oh my god! If I was, I'm this. This particular take is annoying to me. Or whatever. Yeah, like, I, like if Superman, I, Superman could beat up Goku, like that kind of shit. Like it's, <laughs> it's all rage baiting. But he it, said it's, he doesn't it, do political and true. stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> here's the thing though superman could beat goku because goku would just want to be his friend afterwards and superman would actually defeat him goku's the strongest um, of all of them he's very mean yeah and superman was very mean and nasty to me at the last debate <laughs> very mean and nasty yeah. very rude yeah yeah i don't it's it is it is it is a tricky question like i totally agree there's no one right answer there is a absolutely if there's going to be an answer it's going to be a major compromise on all sides there's not a proper correct answer. There's no proper thing that we can do here. But I agree, don't repeal this, uh, whatever it is, to whatever. Section G3. Don't repeal that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do think, in spite of the fact that it seems a bit dramatic, I do think that the gun comparison... The gun, the, the gun rights comparison or gun violence comparison is apt in the sense that, to a point that you made earlier, Tim, which is... or I forget it was... T- I think it was Sean, actually... Um, that cat's kind of out of the bag. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, mm-hmm. that's just like we, we've let the the we've let this become too ingrained in, in society. And I do think that's true of, of guns as well, where it's just like we've we've allowed it to become too woven in the fabric of how we identify ourselves as a country. That to now, if we were to even repeal gun rights in any meaningful way, that it would it would cause genuine war. Uh, and, and I don't think it's going to cause war to do anything with Facebook, but I do think it's gotten so far and people become so dependent on it. And it has become so woven into the fabric of a certain part of society that I don't know. There's not an easy way to like extract it and, and sort of cut off the, the, the diseased parts of it. I don't know. It's sort of mm-hmm. combining my metaphors here, but still. Uh, Anywho, any other thoughts? Com- on... Combining them for a synergistic effect, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one corporate synergy. Yeah. One, uh, one more thought on the this whole, on the whole um, trial and and thing that's going around. How many times can you ask a Singaporean if he's Chinese before it becomes <laughs> racist? There it is. Twice. Oh, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> Oh, five yeah. times. Five times he was asked in any way, shape, or form if he has connection to the Chinese Republic. It was Party. way more than or, five. Or, I, it was at least, I remember DeFranco mentioned at least five. I, yeah, like, I, I don't remember I, exactly. I listened to the clip, and essentially this the uh, the CEO of, is it Discord? TikTok. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, Show Chu. Oh, uh, that makes slightly more sense. Yeah, he's okay. Singaporean, born and raised. He is the CEO of TikTok, and they asked so, him. So he's like, numerous "Are you times. are you a member? Are you a member of the Chinese uh, Communist Party?" And he's like, "No, I'm Singaporean." Ha, are, fair, you, are you are you from China? Really no, I'm from <laughs> Singapore. And like, he literally just answered every question. It's like, "No, I have a Singaporean passport." Have you ever enlisted? I I did my Singaporean service with our own military because I'm from Singapore. And he yeah. just kept asking different ways of trying to be like, ha ha, you're a Chinese communist. Gotcha, bitch. And then I think it was, uh, Colbert was like, he was making fun of it. And he's like, uh, one more question. Uh, Chinese man says, what? Huh? <laughs> it was, it's ridiculous. Like, I understand the whole, I like TikTok. TikTok is owned by a, a Chinese owned company and the potential risk of, propaganda and everything else but like this dude's from singapore he's had to say it a million times how many times is it that you can ask him if he's from singapore if he's chinese before it's just racist what you're saying man 
Yeah. Like if, if he had just been like, have you ever been a member? No, I'm from Singapore. Have you ever been affiliated? No, I'm from Singapore. Every question after that, when he's like, well, where's your passport from? Where, what about this? And it's like already answered by the fact that I'm from Singapore, motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just like now, now it kind of comes off as racist. I, <laughs> you're, you're not trying to be racist. You're trying to be a gotcha. And I found the commie sons of bitches, but like, it's coming off real racist because your yeah. questions are just dumb. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia now. Singapore and China have maintained a longstanding and close relationship, partly because of the latter's growing influence um, and specifically, quote, the common interest in making TikTok conquer the United States. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, maybe, maybe. I wonder what that said two days ago. I wonder if it's still, it already said that or if that's just been like, see, Singapore is totally in on this. I mean, I'm. Just Where's the up, way back machine? <laughs> I just made it up. But uh oh. but the page uh the, the page has been around for quite some time. Although it was just last edited on uh January twenty fifth. So who knows what what crazy edits are crazy. pending right now for that one. All right, good question. Okay, good that was a long one. I'm sorry, guys, but I oh, no. wanted to, I just wanted to have a genuine conversation. All good, all so good, good, all good, all good. I like that. Who's got another one that they want to ask? Well, Tim kind of stole mine, so I got to figure out something else to ask. <laughs> got him. Boom. Kobe. All right. It's one of those two questions I had prepared in the, in the chamber from earlier this week. So uh, this kind of question comes to us from friend of the show, uh, Jenna Murray Casnell. Uh, she wanted to know if we had any particular favorite portrayals of God or godlike entities in media. She's been watching the show Sandman, uh, and there's apparently a character named Mrs. Davis, uh, Sandman, who plays like the angel of death, and it's specifically played by the woman who played, uh, she was in uh, The Good Place, and I can't remember her character, but she was the Australian woman who uh, dated Chidi for a while, and um, and there's like an angel of death character that dresses as an 80s goth, gr- a goth girl, uh, but you never see her wings, you just see them as a shadow, or you hear them uh, off screen. She says, very cool. Um, and in the show, Mrs. Davis, uh, there's a nun who meets her husband in the cantina all the time. And he's a Middle Eastern man named Jay. Uh, and she sits in the bar and in her mind thinks that she's communing with the God, uh, with God slash Jesus, even though he's also in, in, interacting with other people. But that was her way of, of reaching out to like, is there a favorite portrayal of God, fictional uh, or otherwise, or a portrayal of a godlike figure that you are most uh, a fan of? That was a great question. And also mm-hmm. the way I, I loved the way that they did the Angel of Death and Sandman. Honestly, I just I, thoroughly having read Sandman and a, a, mm-hmm. not all of all of it. There's a lot of stuff in there. But having read a lot of it prior to that show coming out, I was genuinely excited and I loved every minute of it. It's, it's, it sounds like a very interesting show. I've not watched it. Uh, she, she watched she was watching that on her own. And uh, it sounds very interesting. Um. I like what Futurama did with God, and he was just like a gas cloud, like a gas giant type thing Mm -hmm. that uh, Mm -hmm. Bender befriended for an entire episode. Okay, Mm -hmm. gas giant. Yeah. I don't remember this episode of Futurama. Um, it was, it was... When it was still on Fox, it was in one of the original run seasons, and Bender, like, gets... 
ejected out of the Planet Express ship, and he just goes spiraling in space. And um, oh, and he becomes a god with this the civilizations living on the front and the civilizations. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 This yeah. one. Okay. Okay. And I think they're, they're I think that, that when they destroy themselves, he then like meets the the omnipotent thing that you are assumed to be what is supposed to be god i guess yeah um i like that one i honestly can't really think of any at the moment i don't Hmm. i don't i don't yeah i i can't think of any that has like a good or bad or just really any kind of portrayal of god in general I mean, the obvious mm. one is Morgan Freeman as God in Bruce Almighty. Yeah, True. that's yeah. where that's where my mind went immediately. Ooh. I know, I know. Um, the, the the Judeo Christian God. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever see Dogma? No, but Alanis Morissette. Yeah, Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette was God in that movie. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it, I that was a great cool. movie that I was too young to watch and missed so much of it on mm-hmm. the first watch. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know nearly enough about church to understand most of these, but a lot of this is funny. And now it's just like, oh, so much more context and even more funny because I get the adult jokes now. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of portrayals of like. Like angels and demons, I think that I really like, but I don't know if I've got a particular portrayal of of like God or godlike figure that I'm a huge fan of. Because I, I think a lot of the ones where I've seen God are it's like it, it's a little bit of a heavy handed metaphor sometimes. Like when you, you start, this character is like God. Like, okay, what is the one? Oh boy, there's a recent there's a recent comedy. I only saw one episode of it, but it was quite funny. And it was like an angel and a demon, and like the whole idea is oh, that good omens. They both like claimed the antichrist. What's that? It was good omens. Good omens. Yes, good omens. With That's David Tennant. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, and they both like like lay claim to the antichrist, basically, and like pulling him to and fro is like okay, you're but, gonna go. To but the, the demon side, and the angel the don't side. actually want the end of the world, so they're <laughs> they just kind of like, can we not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that, and I. I, I I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed myself. That I didn't go back and watch more of that. But I saw the first episode and was like, "This is this is funny. I like this." Uh, Season two so, is also quite good. Is it okay? Um, I, I enjoy that one a lot. Like sort of like the wayward, uh, the the wayward like servant of God or Lucifer or whoever it is is sort of my favorite portrayal of that. So because uh, yeah, I'm still also like I'm an old school sucker for it's a wonderful life. And so like the the angel coming down from God getting his wings when he successfully saves somebody's life. I like that as a concept too. So but th- those are a little more interesting than the portrayal of like God himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't I can't think of too many examples off the top of my head. Um of like God specifically that aren't just so he- like you said very heavy handed, and it's like all right that's not interesting then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was and so I was kind of thinking of just like gods plural. Mm-hmm. Um, good Good Omens is a good example of the angel and demon, but I also thought it was good and uh, very entertaining in the fact that like aside from Azrael and uh, I forget the. David Tennant's character's name. 
remember whatever. Either. Uh, but besides from but the, where's the a leather jacket? Prime, yeah. Besides the the two main characters that the angel and demon that are uh, essentially working together and have been friends since the beginning of time, or before the beginning of time, um, all of the other angels and demons are dumb as shit. Yeah. Which is also kind of like there there are a lot of people I'm not going to knock anyone with faith, but there are a lot of people within those faiths that can be very very dumb and very very actually bad at their own faith, but but because they're touting faith, they're like you can't tell me I'm wrong and it's like yeah, but you are in fact being a terrible Christian right now by being an asshole like you're supposed to love other people and treat other people with kindness not damn them to hell on a constant basis and just be and never help anyone where your random acts of kindness where but so it's just like okay and then when you ask about the their faith it's like well not everyone is like really knowledgeable about the dogmas and all that Mm -hmm. stuff uh so but it's just kind of like i love god Okay, very, and and no, this that's very, it. There's an interesting interview I want to I want to share with you after this. Tim. It was a with a guy named Jason Kirk who is a sports writer or sports editor, but he just wrote a book about uh, his his relationship with his faith because he was sort of like lost touch with his evangelical faith and then sort of came back to to God later in life, but not in a mm-hmm. like born again Christian like very judgmental kind of way, uh, and much more of a like people focus on the wrong parts of scripture and only on the wrong parts of scripture uh when they come to god yeah uh, (laughs) like it's like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about how jesus was basically like an anti-capitalist like uh yeah there's a a bunch of feminist texts in there um but people focus on the part of leviticus where they insinuate that sleeping with another man if you're a man is a bad idea it's a very interesting interview it's on a podcast called the distraction that i that i'll i'll share with you but i just want to bring that up in case outside of the apostles who are jesus's best friends oh the tax collectors the whores and the sinners yeah yeah (laughs) that's who he spent most of his time with guys come on yeah um but besides the point so so I, I did enjoy those uh, portrait. Back to the question: those portrayals yeah, yeah, in Good Omens. Um, I really enjoyed, um, like I said, the the portrayal of the Angel of Death in Sandman, um, which is slightly different from the comics. But I thought it was fucking fantastic. Like mm-hmm. the changes that they did, which flies in the face of Ender's Game. The changes that they did, <laughs> bringing this to a, a, a visual medium outside of its original story, where fantastic and did nothing to hurt the original story and did everything to expand upon it. Like that's good creative license. Well done. Hats off to you. Right. Um, I enjoyed American gods. I liked that. It was humanizing of a lot of the gods, although some of them were poorly portrayed. I like the idea, um, which then takes me to, the current show of Percy Jackson uh, and the lightning thief, which is very good. Um, and it's portrayal of the different gods and the thing and that you've been introduced to in this season uh, is very humanizing, but also just kind of just like, Oh, we know we suck. Like we like it, and anyone who's 
read a lot of Greek mythology is like, you all are some catty pieces of shit. And it's like, that's a primary point of the story. Right. I never read the books, but um, like Ares is a fucking idiot who just like war good. Um, is it Triple H? There's a wrestler that plays him who I can't remember who he is off the top of my head. Is it Batista? Lin Manuel? It's always Batista. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Batista. Oh, okay. um, Lin Manuel is Hermes, and he's just like happy go lucky. But then, like when something serious comes up, he gets super sad. It's like I've never seen you sad. What's happening? Um, and it's 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 a very good story that kind of calls out the fact that it's like you put yourself on this higher pedestal, but in fact, you guys suck a lot. Um, so I thought that was really good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Any other, any other portrayals, fictional portrayals of, of God or godlike entities that you're a big fan of? Uh, Castiel in Supernatural. Oh, oh Cass is great. <laughs> Cass is great. I never yeah. finished Supernatural, so I wasn't really sure like, how his... To. Story, I got I got to the season where he was trying to become God, and he was the villain. I think that was season eight, seven or eight. But then I was like, "Fuck this! This is bad. I'm done." Uh-huh. And I just never went back. Yeah. All right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, Luc- Lucifer in the show Lucifer also phenomenal. Oh yeah. Oh, and the the devil in Lucy, the daughter of the devil, voiced by H. John Benjamin. On it's 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 Archer as the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I love it. Yeah, Sean or Rich. Oh, one of y'all. I've, has there? Have you guys ever been like listening to a song? Or like watching a movie or something, and real and realizing halfway through that you know every single word, and it's like surprising to you. Mary, yesterday night, put on Glamorous for Alice because she because like Alice is like into pop music right now. She's like, you might like this song, and I the Fergie song, right? Yeah, it's the Fergie song, and it features Ludacris, and I know every word of Ludacris's feature in that song, and I don't know why. Like, I was just like, what am I doing right now? A champagne dreams. Um, yeah. It was, it, it was so like t- halfway through. I learned like, that Ludacris is on that this? song, because I only ever heard it at, like, school dances, and I only played, like, the two verses that were not Luda. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have Luda on that. Gotta have Luda. Um... Most of the soundtrack of Les Mis. So I I knew Les Mis was a thing, but I knew nothing about it other than it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Until I met Martha. Um, and then she like played the soundtrack and I was singing along to the soundtrack. And she's like, I thought you never listened to Les Mis. I was like, I haven't, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> and she's like, Well, did you sing it in high school? I was like, No, we did like the, the only musical stuff we did was from like South Pacific and Moulin Rouge. Like we never did anything like this. So I have absolutely no idea how I already knew most of the soundtrack to Les Mis having never seen it, knowing nothing about the story and having never listened to it. But like I'm singing along and it's like red. The blah, da, 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 da. And it was like, <laughs> oh, oh shit. 
okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, still love. I love Les Mis. Now, now that I've I've seen it and I've seen the movie, not the musical, would still love to see an actual production. And Martha hates, um, um, fuck, drawing a blank on Wolverine's name. Hugh Jackman. She hates Hugh Jackman's voice in that movie, or she's like, "That's fine, I get it," but also like, eh. um, but yeah, love it. Great music. Super, and and afterwards, I had "Bring Him Home" stuck in my head to the point where I would sing it at work uh, while working at Wawa in the one. cold box, uh, stocking bring soda. Bring him home tonight. No, that's that Topher Grace movie. That's uh, <coughs> totally totally different. Ah, uh, yeah, that '80s show. Uh, <laughs> I think. I don't know if there's one that I beat. Like, I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I know all the words of this. I've been brute forced frozen over the last like month. Oh, my yeah. daughter deter- discovered the music. So I had the, the every parent goes through this where every, your child just discovers frozen. Like she's not seen the movie, but she knows the characters and she knows the songs mm-hmm. and wants to hear Anna Elsa and points to the speaker and, you know, we'll listen to it. And, um, and she also at the end of December saw Disney on ice. And saw all of the characters go up so high, uh, and so she wants to come home and go up so high, uh, which means Daddy picks her up and spins her around, and she sings "Go, Go," <laughs> just like "Go." Oh. Um, and so to sort of egg her along, when I do that, I will start singing the lyrics, and as I've realized, I know all the words now. Uh, <laughs> I'll start singing the chorus and I'll be like, oh yeah, the second verse is the one that goes, I am one with the wind and sky, right? It's different. Yeah. The chorus is different each time, slightly. And I'm like, ah, uh-huh. oh, boy. And and, and <laughs> even though my daughter is not yet two, there I can certainly see in her face a thing like, like I'm projecting, but there's an element of like, why do you know all this, Daddy? <laughs> Why do- I thought so you had a job, but weren't to work all day. <laughs> so, mm. so I, I, I learned I this for you. I suppose it's the frozen stuff uh, because I, I remember I was I was do- it was just tonight uh, we were doing it before bedtime, and I was like, oh crap, I do know the words to this now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I will go with that one just because nothing else is coming to mind. But I'm sure there's something it's, that like it sneaks a up party on song. You. Oh yeah, Frozen. Oh yeah, uh, the whole reindeers are better than people song. Um, yeah, the, dude, reindeers uh, are better than people. Let's be honest, yeah. Sven. Don't you think I'm right? Yeah. <laughs> Rich, what about you? Is there a song that you you realized that you knew all the lyrics to and were surprised by it? Mm, no. Uh, not that I can think of at the moment. I don't often listen to songs I don't know. So, like, it's not common for me to be like, oh, wow, I do know this song when when somebody mm-hmm. brings... Like, I, for all intents and purposes, pretty much I live alone. No one puts on music in my house unless I'm listening to headphones. Like, the music's never played out loud. Like, I've learned the entire uh, Moana soundtrack or a good portion, or not the entire soundtrack, but, like, the first, the main song... But that's because like my niece was in love with that when it came out, and I personally thought it was a banger of an album. Better, <laughs> it better, is. better. It's great better, as long as you don't leave Frozen. that island. 
Well, yeah, better than Frozen. Oh, shots fired. That Get boat. out. <laughs> so, like, I, I would actually listen to that, and I would hear a lot of, like, covers of it. So, like, it makes sense that I know it. Um, So, no, not as... Not not really any that I can think of that is like, oh, wow, I, I'm surprised I know all these. I didn't, I didn't realize I knew all the lyrics or all mm-hmm. of the lines to a movie or anything like that. Because I also don't watch movies on repeat. I'll, I'll watch a movie once, maybe every five years at most. Yeah, there are very few movies that I know all the words to. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much just the Santa Claus. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately it's all the you know original what? Spider-Man soundtrack. That's- that's worth it. I am so high. Bug, 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 Hero by Josie Scott. <laughs> Honestly, great fucking song. Come on, like the hero. I love that song. I would too, except for it's just all the other Nickelback songs, man. Like, and I and I'm I'm a Nickelback defender. I got the the card and everything, but that's just another Nickelback song. Card, card carrying Nickelback Defender, but that's the point: yeah. is people hate on it because it's a Chad Kroger song, and it's like, but it's great. Uh, Rich, you got a question? Huh? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I like completely spaced out during a lot of that question. I don't know how we got to there. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, <laughs> six more um, weeks of not listening. Six yeah. more weeks of not listening. You know what that means? Uh, six more weeks of old crow medicine show. Let's see. Yeah, this this one could probably be a quick one because I think we're going a little long. Uh, what's a feature in gaming that? that you want to see more of? What's something in gaming and new games, old games, whatever that you want to see more of? For instance, for me, little to no HUD, like where it's more immersion and just the game itself, where like you're not seeing your health bar, you're not seeing your ammo count, you're not seeing your mana bar, where it's all like represented in the character itself more so like for instance uh, i god of war did that really well i think or like say you're playing halo or something where it'll show the ammo count on the weapon instead of just having it'll have it on the hud but you could turn the hud off and still see the ammo count and stuff like that like i want to see more of just immersiveness where i don't have to muddy up my screen with maps and health bars and this and that like my favorite one of my favorite games in a long time was um uh hellblade senua's sacrifice which i believe had no hud to it it was just the game that you played um and the new one's actually coming out soon i can't wait for that it also would have broken the game since the entire point of the game is perception and mental illness and your perception is lying to you or is it yeah uh, they also gaslight the fuck out of you and say that if you die too many times, you lose your save. Which is untrue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't platform online play. Yeah. We need a lot more of that. Like, it's it's a shock that there's not more games out there that have it. Like, it's becoming a lot, a little bit more accessible in bigger titles, but like. We were talking about it on Saturday. Uh, was it Dave and Martha were playing um, uh, Ninja Turtles, but no one else could join us, join because like I had it on Game Pass on PC. They were playing it on Switch. The only way I could play it is to de- buy it on Switch. But if they had better cross-platform ac- accessibility, I could have joined them. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm, ge- I mean, I'm genuinely surprised... 
Oop, go for it. No, I was just saying, it's just more opportunity to play with my friends. It's the same exact reason the Rich just said, like, I got this game, you go for another system, eh, we should still be able to play with each other. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know the conversation, or at least when I've had that conversation about crossplay in the past, before it was actually a thing ever, it was always like, why would they do that? They want that console exclusive, well, not even console exclusivity, but they want you to buy into theirs. And what's the easiest way to get you to buy into theirs is, oh, well, your friends have it on this. So now, well, I already have it for this. Well, yeah, but to play with your friends, you got to buy this. So like Mm -hmm. the rights and the access. So I always kind of assumed that like once cross play started happening, it was just like, well, now there's no holds barred. Everything's going to be cross play. So I'm kind of surprised that they haven't gone that route. Yeah. It, it There is, I guess, a limitation depending on teams and whatnot. Like, the Ninja Turtles game was a little bit more of an indie game. So, like, the, the capabilities of the indie team be able to create, it, being able to create those cross-playable servers and, and accessibility might be a little bit more difficult. Like, the bigger company companies, absolutely, most of them will do cross-play. Besides fucking Capcom, who refuses to do cross-play on anything they do, and they're just dropping the ball big time. Capcom said, suck it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't think of a particular mechanic that I want to see more of. Um, so much as like the, the, I have one mechanic that I would love to see less of. And I think have had a terrible impact on all of gaming, the entire industry across all platforms, which is, um, like loot boxes and microtransactions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's... I, I I know there's like stuff about like the I think in the EU there's some legislation about like trying to get rid of them entirely. Mm-hmm. Um which with other things that the EU has done it's like oh well if you fuck it for the all of Europe essentially they're just going like well this just is going to bleed into all other markets so we don't have yeah. to have EU specific things. But like once loot boxes started becoming like started being introduced into games, all of them had it. Everything had a microtransaction like and I love Destiny. And then part of the first time part of the reason I first stopped playing Destiny was because shit like that started to become like a primary aspect of the game. It was like, no, fuck this. I don't want this. Yeah. And anytime anyone's like, oh, have you played this? Have you played this? Do you want to play this? I was like, no, because the one thing I know about them is fucking loot boxes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't have to do them. I was like, yes, but I'm going to get a million messages telling me I should. And then there's the free ones I'm going to get, which I have to fucking go through. So it stops reminding me they're my inventory. It's like, just, I don't fucking care. They're not part of the game. They're just you trying. You already didn't ship a complete game, and you're making me pay for DLC to actually have a full story. But now you're also going to try and make me pay for the shit that does nothing. Like, can we get back to making real games, please? That would be great. Yeah, a game I played a few years ago. I played. I was playing NBA 2K a couple years ago, and in their franchise mode, like there's online modes and all these sports games that mm-hmm. that that farm all the stuff. Anyway, I was playing like their franchise mode. I was just like you know dicking around, making a team and all that. And it was like, oh, you can scout, I don't know, it was like 10 players or something like that in this offseason. But if you get another 99K points or whatever it is, you can scout 50. And 
It's like, uh, how do you get K points? Like, well, you play my team, you know, for a billion hours, or you could pay five dollars. I'm like, is this fun? Is this fun for you? Like, like, is this fun? like, oh, I, I scouted more players. I was more successful in my franchise because I paid five dollars. It's like, no, the, the fun, the reason that this is enjoyable is like, I got to because I, I, it wasn't skill. I'm playing a freaking video game, but like, it was, it was like I, I, I scouted this player and it was cool and like I, I, I lucked out and and I picked the right guy. It's not just like oh, I paid an extra five dollars so I got the best player cool like i've i've quit games that started introducing that stuff because it's like no this is no longer fun yeah are there any other features in gaming that you want to see more of or less of i want to i want to see shorter games yes yes i got time i don't need i don't need 80 plus hours of gameplay i want to i want like a five to ten hour game that you're telling a good, concise story and not bloating it with like fetch quests and shit like that. Like, I just want, I don't know. I think before microtransactions, it seemed like gaming companies were trying to be like, you should buy this game because look how long you can spend playing it. Yeah. And, uh, and it got to like it's gotten to a ridiculous point where it's like I don't know I like I love I love RPGs but I don't I don't know I want to like oh yeah if I want to if I want to level them up I'll do that on my own time like I want to be able to progress mm. through the story and figure out what's going yeah. on with the lore baby I don't I I don't have any hours for that anymore <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's, it's too much stuff to do. See, here's I I agree that games need to be shorter, but I, I I'm I'm my shorter is it needs to be no more than sixty hours. <laughs> like I've been playing games that are eighty to a hundred plus hours, and I'm like, some of these games really didn't need to be that long. Yeah, they didn't need to be a hundred hours. Uh, they could have been shorter. Um, but they're primarily RPGs that I'm that I'm playing in this in this sense. Mm-hmm. So. It's funny because one of my, I haven't had this complaint because I just actively avoid most games that I don't know how long they're going to be or just aren't RPGs Um, because it's like, cool, I'm going to spend $70. This game is going to last me four hours and then I'm never going to touch it again. That's, that's a bad investment for me. Like I, if those games were 50% of the price, absolutely. Like, that's great. If I could have a game that's like, cool, I can pay 20, 30 bucks and I can finish this game in less than 10 hours, that's cool. I'd be more than okay with that. But like, oh, $70 and the the main game is over in six hours? No. What if that six hours is incredible? But like, and, and it's funny because the specific two games that brought me to this is Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed, which was the, the introduction of Starkiller to most people. Fucking great game. I loved that game. Had a bunch of replayability, did a bunch of the trials, unlocked a bunch of stuff. The main game itself lasted me like the better part of a week trying to play. So like not super long. Um, and, and for the first playthrough, not super long. 
and then the second one came out and I was super, super, super excited. I beat it in one night and immediately returned it. And apparently I wasn't the only one because GameStop was trying to convince me to not return it <laughs> and, and not like tr- immediately trade it in. They're like, we have so many. Mm-hmm. I was like, it came out yesterday. And they're like, we know. Yeah. And everyone is mad. Like, um, like, if a game isn't 25 to 30 hours, I'm not paying full price for it. Yeah, but and that's but outside of like multiplayer aspects, a lot of game, well not a lot yeah. of games. The big name games are going to be those draws of either the point is multiplayer or it's Baldur's Gate or, or something ridiculous like that. A lot of the other games that hours. A lot of the other games are just like that's exactly what they are. It's like this is why I don't play. I don't buy games. I don't play anything anymore. Just kind of sad. You know a game you could play forever. King of Fighters. Monopoly Go. Yes, Monopoly Go. <laughs> yes, just all day every day. Just playing Monopoly on your phone instead of getting out the board and playing with your friends. Oh, it's a fun. totally different experience. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. I got so many dice right now. The Brose podcast is available on all major <laughs> podcasting platforms. And I take it we're done. We've been going for like an hour and a half, man. Like I don't know what to tell Ooh. you. We're talking for so long. This is the we this is the same episode we talked about section 230. <laughs> that was like, that was like four days ago. I'm aware. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on X at Brose underscore podcast, Facebook at Brose podcast, or Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. Um, and of course, if, if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our listener questions, to Tess Riley for editing our show, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo, you can find Shannon's work at the Vogel Art Shop on Facebook or at her storefront on Etsy.com. And our theme music is the song When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to Steven's work at the Free Music Archive. And now it's time for plugs and handles. Rich, we'll start with you. Uh, check me out uh, at B underscore on it on X slash Twitter slash whatever you want to call it anymore. Um, and you can check me out on twitch.tv slash B underscore walnuts for video game stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, where this week... The Tuesday that this comes out, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, come hang out on stream the 13th, uh, where I will be playing our spooky game for the month, Hooked on You. Um, Also, check out PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show. Sean O'Brien. You can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's SOB. And you can find me uh, throwing frisbees at OB Disc Golf. Pretty much everywhere. I finally followed you at OB Disc Golf. Like three weeks ago, yeah, I don't really post that years. much, honestly. It did, honestly, I'm I don't know why I plug that because it's just me like fighting with transphobes. So like, get him. Uh, is a serious transphobe problem, I guess, in Frolf. There is. Uh, wow. Dang. Cray. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Keep crusading. Uh, I do. Tim, what about you? Uh, you can find me on X at Tim R. Hansen. Spell it like Mbop. And if you're in the general Philadelphia area or willing to commute to it, 
and interested in joining a wonderful all-male acapella group after the bar is actively recruiting. If you have a wonderful singing voice, tenor, bass, baritone, whatever it may be, and just want to make some beautiful vocal music, uh, check out atbphilly.com uh, or check out our Facebook page after the bar uh, or message me or at me any of the above we'd l- we'd love to hear your voice uh you can follow me <laughs> on, on x at brose excuse me whoops you can't follow me there that's not me you can follow me on x at mkaznel that's m-k-a-s-z-n-e-l that's all say goodbye to the gentle listeners everybody bye, bye. for tim hansen rich sweet and sean o'brien and the entire action moves team My name is Matt Kesson. I'm reminding you all that. And to be smart about being stupid.